Radio, we're going to be dissecting the horror film franchise Jeepers Creepers. I'll discuss the original trilogy as well as give you a spoiler free review of the new Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Stick around for our gamer moment when we're going to talk about multiplayer horror games such as Dead by Daylights. Also, for the Queens of the Week this week, I'm going to be talking about the Queens of RuPaul's Secret Celebrity drag race as this episode is airing uh the winner will be announced for rupaul's secret celebrity drag race so i'm gonna make my prediction on who i think is gonna snatch the crown all that and more on this episode of x radio enjoy this is the emergency broadcast system this is not a test this is not a test stay tuned for further instructions Oh, 
Oh, it looks like it's the same caller from last week. Interesting. Let's hear what they have to say. X-Ray, you think you are untouchable, but I am here to tell you that you are not. We have the key to your undoing, and it has already begun. We have located the compound where you are broadcasting your radio signal, and we will stop it before you can harm anyone else. If you would like to send me a message, you can send me a message on Anchor, an audio file, or you can hit me up on TikTok, and maybe I'll play your message in the next episode of X-Radio.
about multiple queens again this week. <laughs> this week, we are going to be talking about the queens of RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race. All right, so as this episode is coming out, you know, it should be Friday morning, um, the finale of RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race will be airing Friday night on VH1. So... I'm going to make my prediction right here and right now of who I think is going to win the entire competition. In a previous episode of X Radio, I had discussed that my two favorites were Donna Bellissima as well as Chick Le Fay, and lo and behold, they both went home. <laughs> so we are now down to three queens, and the three queens that are in the finale of RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race are Chakra 7, Thirsty Von Trapp, and Poppy Love. Now, Poppy Love, I'm just saying it right now, she's going to win. <laughs> when I had said that my favorite was Chick Le Fay, I like almost forgot about Poppy Love, and Poppy Love is amazing. Like, the energy she brings to the performance... And, and, and not to take anything away from Chakra 7. Chakra 7, from the beginning of this competition, showed that she's a finalist. I knew immediately that Chakra 7 was going to go all the way. Um, so honestly, you know, it is down to Chakra 7 and Poppy Love, in my opinion. But not to take anything away from Thirsty Von Trapp. Thirsty Von Trapp is a very entertaining queen. And we've watched this queen grow a lot in the past uh, eight weeks. I think it's been eight weeks. <laughs> but let's get into who these queens are. So Chakra 7 is actually the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air alumna Tatiana Ali. She is Chakra 7. And the thing about Chakra 7 that I love is... It's like she was born to do drag. <laughs> she lights up the room when she's performing, and you can just tell by the look on her face that when she's performing, she's feeling it, and she's loving every minute of it. And she has said multiple times on this show that um, drag has forever changed her life, and I don't think this will be the end of Chakra 7, uh, if, if she whether she wins or not, you know, um, I'm excited to see more from Chakra 7, just because, like, that is a queen. <laughs> Tatiana Ali is beautiful, and seeing her be able to embody this this crystal goddess 
um, has just been really, really fun. And I would not be surprised if Chakra 7 did take the crown tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's Thursday right now. I'm recording this <laughs> the day before the finale. So, you know, this is my true prediction. I have seen all episodes of RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race up until the finale. So I'm really excited. And, um, yeah, uh, this is who I think is going to win. I think it's going to be Poppy Love. Uh, Poppy Love won the first two challenges of the competition. So immediately from the first two episodes, she let everyone know, I'm here to win it. I'm here to be the ultimate queen. And Poppy Love is actually AJ McLean, one of the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> which uh, was quite a surprise for me. You know, I, I don't really know the Backstreet Boys as well as I know NSYNC, so, you know, I, I didn't really recognize Poppy you know, out of, you know, trying to, when I was trying to figure out who they were out of drag, the only queen that I actually knew for certainty was Daniel Frenzacy. And that's because I'm a big fan of Daniel's. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh, that's Daniel Frenzacy, 100%. <laughs> the moment I, I heard their voice. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, AJ has been Oh, just so charismatic, and you can tell, like, and I'm pretty sure, I, I'm not 100% sure, you know what, let's look it up right now, um, is AJ McLean gay? Because I don't think he is, and for a straight man to be able to bring such love to a drag performance, it's just, it makes me so happy um, to see someone who is most likely not a part of the LGBTQI community, to embrace it in such a loving way and to bring magic to to a world that they are most likely very unfamiliar with. Um, that is why I think Poppy Love is going to win the competition, because they've just shown that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, if, if you're willing to put your heart into it, you can be a drag queen. <laughs> you can bring the love. <laughs> and um, it says right here, um, yeah, AJ McLean is absolutely not gay. It says, yeah, AJ McLean is, is a straight man, and I think they have kids. I think AJ McLean has, like, a son and a daughter. Very cool. Um... But they, they actually consider themselves a fag hag right here. It says AJ McLean declares himself a fag hag. So <laughs> definitely an ally. And and I mean I I'm just so happy with, with the energy that, that we got. I mean last week, I mean come on. The episode was oh my gaga episode. The fact that we had a, an entire episode dedicated to Lady Gaga. We had five Lady Gaga lip syncs. AJ McLean participated in two of those, Poppy Love, and just killed it. Like, it, it's not hard to embody a Lady Gaga song. It's just all about loving yourself and giving everything you have. That, you know, that's what she does. And Poppy Love absolutely did that. Um, when they, when they lip-synced for their life, uh, to Edge of Glory? I think Edge of Glory, yeah, was the, uh, was the lip-sync for your life episode. And, um, yeah, Poppy. Ooh, Poppy's gonna win. So, um, saying it now, I, I'm put. I'm putting all my money on Poppy Love because I just think AJ McLean represents what 
RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race is trying to do. They're trying to to surprise you and just show you that that great drag can actually come from anywhere, even a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> so that's Poppy Love, and then we also have Thirsty Von Trapp. Thirsty Von Trapp is portrayed by... I actually don't know. <laughs> Good thing I got Google in front of me. Okay, actor Mark Indelicato um, is the person who is Thirsty Von Trapp. No, I actually don't know what Mark is from, um, but they're an actor, and Thirsty has been a great addition to this competition. You know, not to throw shade, but I don't necessarily think Thirsty should have been in the final three. I think that that final three spot should have maybe gone to Chick Fay or Donna Bellissima. But, you know, that's just my opinion, and it's not my secret celebrity drag race. <laughs> but not to take anything away from what Thirsty has done in this competition. Thirsty has uh, lip-synced for her life uh, many times. <laughs> And um, I've had a lot of fun watching Thirsty. I love the Sound of Music reference, you know, Von Trapp. And um, you can tell that this this person, you know, Mark, uh, is just a theater kid, you know, so, you know, quirky, you know, funny. And I was really excited to be able just to learn more about this person. And obviously I didn't learn that much. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what Mark Indelicato is from. Mark Indelicato, such a cutie. Ugly Betty, duh. Okay, Mark is from Ugly Betty as well as the show Hacks. Now, I remember seeing some Ugly Betty back in the day when it, you know, aired in 2006. And so I think Mark was like you know, the, the gay friend of Ugly Betty, but I could be wrong. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, you know, a third place, you know, they, they deserve their spot in third place. They made it, they survived the lip sync for their lives, and they've slayed it, you know, every week on that stage. But, um, my money is on Poppy Love, and, um, if Poppy Love doesn't take the crown, then it's absolutely gonna be Chakra 7. Um, <clears throat> Both of those queens just, they, well, those performers, you know, the people behind the queens are giving everything when they're on that stage. They are transforming into another person. And, and what the magic of this show has been was to be able to see people who are not drag queens. These people are not drag queens. <laughs> they are celebrities that are transformed by, you know, drag queens and you know they got makeup artists back there i'm sure they got layla mcqueen back there doing makeup <laughs> and um you know they're they're just given a new identity to be able to play around with and and explore and yeah we have our final three it's been a really really fun fun season i actually didn't watch the first season of rupaul's secret celebrity drag race it was a little bit more of a less structured format, more like drag you, you know, single episode things. And this has been a whole season, you know, very drag race formula where one bitch gets sent home every episode. And, and it's been a lot of fun. 
And uh, yeah, so the season finale of RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race will air tonight, Friday, on uh, VH1 at 8 p.m. So check it out, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Poppy's gonna win. Pretty sure Poppy's gonna take it. You know, it just just for a straight man to take that crown. It it sounds right. It sounds fitting, and for any straight man, you know, AJ McQueen is the one to do it. You know, a, a real true ally who is not afraid to don the heels and makeup and wig and yeah, just become someone else and inspire others to do the same. And before I end the segment, I gotta give a shout out to our Queen Supremes from RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race. We had Juju B, Brooklyn Heights, and Monet Exchange, who each week mentored and served incredible looks, and I don't think that the show would have been what it was without those three queens so i'm really happy that they were a part of it and it looked like rupaul had a lot of fun with this you know i could tell rupaul just genuinely each week was really excited to like root for his favorites and um i secretly think chakra seven (laughs) is rue's favorite (laughs) but poppy love also so um yep tune in tonight and uh yeah see who wins the crown and they are the next uh, secret celebrity drag superstar. We interrupt this episode of X Radio to bring you this special bulletin. Folks, if you are in the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area, I have an urgent message here from the mayor. We are issuing a statewide curfew that will begin tonight at 7 p.m. Reports have been flooding in all day of a creature that is considered armed and dangerous. The description of this creature is as Let me go. 
today's gamer moments, I'm going to be talking about not a specific game, but a genre of games. So one of my favorite genres of games in the past, you know, roughly 10 years, I call them multiplayer horror video games, <laughs> multiplayer horror games. I don't know if they have like a specific name for the genre. <laughs> but um, if you're aware of games such as Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th, maybe even you remember Evolve, those are the kind of games I'm going to be talking about today. <laughs> um, Dead by Daylight has to absolutely be the one I've probably played the most. <laughs> I've played Dead by Daylight for about a year now, even though that game is, you know, it's like a five-year-old game at this point. I only got into it about a, about a year ago, and it is so much fun. <laughs> the reason I want to talk about these types of games today is because I've found that a large portion of the queer community play these kind of video games. <laughs> I'll be scrolling on TikTok, and I'll literally see like drag queens who make content, and they'll be like streaming like Twitch playing Dead by Daylight, and I'm like, I just love that, like, the gays and the theys are here for Dead by Daylight. <laughs> now, if you don't know what, what I'm talking about, multiplayer horror games are typically uh, set up with, you know, you have about five players, where one player is playing as the, the killer, and four players are playing as the survivors, or, yeah, who are trying to basically beat the killer or survive. And that's your basic setup for Dead by Daylight. You have, gosh, Dead by Daylight is the king of all of these games because it's been able to acquire such IPs as Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Ghostface, Leatherface, any iconic horror slasher that you can think of, it's probably in Dead by Daylight, except Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and for that reason... It is because Jason has his own game. There is a multiplayer horror game called Friday the 13th. And to be honest, I actually prefer that game over Dead by Daylight. But we'll get into it. So let's go all the way back to when the PlayStation 4 came out. You know, we're talking like 2014. I remember... Oh, I, ho I hope my dates are right. <laughs> but I remember getting a PlayStation 4 for the first time. And honestly, the PlayStation 4 had been out 
for a year or so at this point. So Evolve was old by that time, but Evolve was one of the first games released on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 exclusive, and Evolve, from my knowledge, was kind of the pioneer of this genre where you have one player playing a monster and four players that are trying to defeat the monster or escape. And that's exactly what Evolve was. There was this like creature, and as as the match go, went on, the creature would evolve and become stronger. So the goal of the survivors in that game was to defeat the monster before it evolved to a point that it was basically undefeatable. <laughs> and I remember getting Evolve as one of the first games I got for PlayStation 4, and... You know, playing by myself, it wasn't very fun. <laughs> you know, I didn't really know anyone at that time who had a PlayStation 4, let alone had the game Evolve. And, you know, I mean, I played online and everything, and, like, it was fun, it was cool. Uh, I did get over it rather quickly. Evolve was not a game that I, you know, invested uh, stacks of hours into. <laughs> but... Uh, the genre flourished, you know. I would say because of games like Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight, it opened the doorway for many other games that fit this very similar format, but, you know, utilize different IPs, such as Predator. There is a, uh, a game, I think it's just called Predator... Predator something. <laughs> but, you know, same concept. You know, one person plays as the Predator, and four other players play as the Hunters, you know, who are trying to defeat the Predator or get out of there <laughs> before the Predator defeats them. And um, my brother, actually, he had played uh, that one, and I watched him play a little bit of it. The graphics were really cool. It seemed pretty fun. Um, that one only came out a couple years ago, actually. So by this time... The genre had become a little bit uh, crowded, you know, with, with everybody trying to get in on that Dead by Daylight money. <laughs> but um, there were other games. Uh, let's see. Oh, there is another one called uh, Evil Dead the Game. That one is kind of newer. I think that came out of March of this year. Um, I have not played that one, that one at all. I... I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch eventually. And when it comes to Nintendo Switch, that's when I'll be picking it up. <laughs> um, but I'm a huge fan of Evil Dead. So the idea of, you know, playing as Ash, you know, one person playing as Ash, one person playing as, you know, someone from the Ash versus Evil Dead show. And then you have someone controlling the actual Deadites, controlling the, <laughs> the army of the dead. So I definitely... I'm really excited to play that one, and I think I would be pretty obsessed with it. The only reason I didn't get my hands on it is because it didn't come out uh, for Switch <laughs> with its initial release. But, you know, that's usually how it goes with Nintendo Switch. Um, but I remember when I got my Nintendo Switch, actually, for the first time, one of the first games that I had bought for it was Friday the 13th, the game. And from the moment you start that game up, you get, like, these cool 80s intro little, like, uh, production company little things. And it just is giving you 1980s Friday the 13th vibes from the moment you start the game. You hear the... 
It's so much fun. You know, you could play as Jason or you could play as, a, you know, a survivor in a skimpy little outfit. And you're at Camp Crystal Lake. I mean, it, it just makes sense, you know. So, you know, you have your survivors. Now, the thing about Friday the 13th, the game that I loved, 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 is there wasn't just one way to win the game. Now, the survivors had a few options of how to win. Uh, they either had to <laughs> fix the car. There's like a car in the, you know, at Camp Crystal Link. There's like a car and a boat. There might be two cars. Anyway, there's like batteries and keys and gasoline, and you got to collect all of those to get the car running. And if you're able to get the car running, which is quite a feat, it's, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> um, then you have to actually drive the car out of Camp Crystal Lake. And, you know, to do all that and survive, you know, is, it's a lot. But, but it's fun because, you know, one person might get the gasoline and one person might have the keys. You got to work together. And at, while running from Jason Voorhees, because someone is obviously controlling Jason. Now, Jason has all these powers, and yeah, the fun of it is just, you know, feeling like you're really, like, like everything is on the line here, and you need to get out of Camp Crystal Lake. You either get in the car, get in the boat, you know, and get, get out of there that way, or you can find, like, a fuse and, like, fix a fuse box somewhere, and that allows you to then call the police with the telephone, and then you have to escape Camp Crystal Lake at the, like the exit where the police are. So there's two ways to basically survive. Also, if you just happen to survive the night, like if you are able to hide from Jason all night, which the night is like 15 minutes basically, then then you win the game. And so there's those three ways to win, or the fourth way to actually win the game, and I've actually never won the game uh, this way, is you have to defeat Jason. <laughs> if you're able to uh, take off his hockey mask and take him out uh, with, with the group of survivors, then you actually can defeat Jason, <laughs> kill him, and, and win. Um, but that method is actually so hard to accomplish. I think very few have probably defeated Jason. I'm glad that they made that method like really hard. Like it's not just easy to just go beat up Jason. <laughs> but um, you know, you have four different options to 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 win the game. So everyone's got different strategies of what they're trying to do, and it's just it's so much fun. I, when I first got my Nintendo Switch, that game took over my life for a minute. I, that was the one that, that, that captured my love for this genre, absolutely, was Friday the 13th. And I ended up buying Dead by Daylight. <laughs> and when I first played Dead by Daylight, I'm not going to lie, I hated it. I hated it. I was like, this was a waste of $30. I'm never playing this game again because you per you pop the game in, you have no characters, you gotta buy them all, <laughs> you know. And and the thing about Dead by Daylight that I just think you know it lacks is there aren't alter there's there's no other way to win the game as a survivor than to you know activate the generators that activate the generators and escape. That is what you do every single match, and it does get you know, boring, basically, whereas in 
Friday the 13th, you know, you never know how a match is going to go. You never know if you're going to be able to hop into a car with a girl who's tried to get out of here or, or, or if they, you know, you're with a group of people who can take down Jason. You know, it's always uh, what is going to happen type of situation. Whereas Dead by Daylight, you know, you kind of get into like a droning, same old, same old vibe with that game. But I don't want to take away from how great Dead by Daylight actually is. Now, the things that Dead by Daylight does really well, it does really, really well. Um, the, I mean, the amount of different killer options that you have in that game, it's, it's staggering. You know, you have Samara from The Ring, <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, as well as, you know, all of these other characters that are Dead by Daylight created characters. So, you know... There's, there's plenty of options, you know, if you, if you like being a killer, which I personally do. I, whether I'm playing Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight, I like to main killer. <laughs> it's just, it's so much more fun. <laughs> um, and with Dead by Daylight, some of the killers that I main are, you know, I, Amanda from Saw. She absolutely is one of my mains. She's great. Uh, I do main Leatherface. He, you know, with his chainsaw, he's pretty cool. Um... Oh yeah, Hellraiser. Hellraiser's really good. He's really annoying to play against because he has these like chains that like hook you and it's just uh hard to get away from. <laughs> so it's fun to play as him. But like I said, you know, you have to buy all these characters. So if you're not willing to make the investment, um then, you know, the initial game does come with, you know, kind of a bare bones uh choice of, of players to choose from. You know, you have your survivors. If you if you don't purchase a survivor, you kind of just have like a random girl or a random person, but you can purchase Ash from Evil Dead. He's actually in this game. Laurie Strode, Michael Myers' arch nemesis. <laughs> you know, those were those were my survivors that I was drawn to immediately. And yeah, I mean, you know, it took me a minute to get really get into Dead by Daylight and see everything the game has to offer. The game has things called perks, and the perks allow your survivor or killer do different things. So, you know, when I first started playing the game, I kind of just felt like you can't really do anything, you know? There's really nothing to do other than generators. And as I unlocked more perks for characters and figured out how to utilize each character, you know, to their, to their ultimate potential. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a little weird. It was overwhelming, you know, to say the least, but once you master the, the perk system, skill tree type of, you know, system, the blood points and everything, um, it, it's so much fun. And what makes it so much fun is when you play with friends or family. <laughs> I've had uh, many, many nights, uh, hanging with the siblings, just, you know, playing match after match of Dead by Daylight, <laughs> having so much fun when you're playing with, you know, people you actually know, and you're the killer, and you're chasing them, and they're literally screaming because you're coming at them as Michael Myers, you know, <laughs> it's many, many wonderful memories, and, and that that multiplayer kind of vibe that that is not really a thing much anymore, you know, most of the time, if you're going to play a video game, you're playing online with people. 
and that is the case with these games, you know, but, but to be able to everyone be able to, you know, be in a room together, all having, you know, Nintendo switches, <laughs> you know, and, and play a dead by daylight together. It's, it's so much fun. And, and that is definitely the best way to enjoy the game is with people, you know, and love because it just makes it all feel, you know, more exciting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, once I really understood, you know, the mechanics of Dead by Daylight, I found it to be a really, you know, deep, rich, uh, battle arena kind of game. You know, these games usually take place in a, in a set arena, you know, so to where, you know, you can't, you can't escape until you do something, you know, you have to, uh, get out basically. And the killer has to kill everybody. That's the killer's objective. So it's 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 a it's a genius system, and it's so genius that every <laughs> production company that has a horror IP has wanted to get in on this <laughs> money situation. So um, in the works right now, these games are not out yet, but there's teasers for them. You can you can be excited about these games because they are on the way. We have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. It's, I think it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Game, and it is a game in, in this genre, multiplayer horror, where I'm assuming one person's going to play as Leatherface, and everyone else will be playing as, you know, 70s <laughs> people that are uh, at the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, I don't know if, you know, there's going to be Chop Top or, you know, the Grandpa. Like, I have no idea how much is really going into this game mechanic wise but what i do know and what i have seen about this game is they are they are making it a faithful adaptation of the film um and you can look it up on youtube there's there's a trailer for the game they are trying they're the arenas or like just the scenes in the game are shot for shot from the film texas chainsaw massacre so this game if you like that movie I think this game is going to be a love letter to that uh, nasty 70s horror film. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, you know? I mean, you, I, I like playing as Leatherface in Dead by Daylight, so to be able to play him in his own uh, game definitely sounds like a good time. <laughs> so, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game. I am not aware of any release date. You're going to have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you could be excited for that. And also, there is a game in the works right now called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They're making a, um, a multiplayer horror game based off of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So this game is going to feature three killers, I believe, where, you know, three people are going to don the creepy as hell clown alien clown characters and i'm not sure how many survivors they're going to go up against but you know this could potentially be like a seven or eight person um ma match so they're definitely trying something new by having multiple killers but it just makes sense with the killer clowns because it's not just one killer clown so i i could imagine that game is going to be you know in the same realm as all of these games. Um, the Evil Dead one, 
I think is like the newest one and I haven't gotten my hands on it yet, as I said, but it just looks like it's so faithful to that world. They are bringing characters from the show, Ash versus Evil Dead. They're bringing characters from Army of Darkness. They're, you know, so the, the people making these games are understanding that, you know, it's for horror fans and they got to do it right. Otherwise people are not going to buy it. People are not going to play it. People cannot get away with making games these days that are not up to par and expect people to play the game for years to come and log in multiple, you know, multiple times throughout the week. They're designing the game to make it something that you're going to want to play for years. Um, just like dead by daylight. Now, I don't think Dead by Daylight is going anywhere, <laughs> but I personally have taken a step back from Dead by Daylight. I, I put a lot of hours into it. I worked real hard unlocking exclusive costumes for characters and stuff. You know, there's, there's a battle pass. There, you know, there's all that. You know, it's, um, but also, you know, if you don't want to deal with all that and you just want to, you just want to have a little horror fun, Dead by Daylight is is definitely a good time and it's more of a good time you know if you got people who love to play video games so yeah you know we covered evolve which i think definitely pioneered this uh genre um evolve friday the 13th the game and that game's always on sale friday the 13th the game in the switch store at least but it's it's usually on sale everywhere and it's a pretty cheap game now because i believe they have shut down the um i don't know what the servers are called pvp servers or crossplay servers or whatever to where you know when i go to play the game now it's playable you could play it but it takes forever to load up uh, enough people you know to have a, a solid match and sometimes there's not even enough people, you know, to, to, to face against Jason. And Jason will just kill everybody because, you know, they're, it's just not a thriving um, community like it once was. And I think that has a lot to do with them shutting down the crossplay servers. Because now, as since I'm playing on Nintendo Switch, the only people I'm eligible to pair with are Nintendo Switch players. Whereas back in the day, you know, a couple years ago when I was playing... It would match with everybody. It would match with Xbox and PlayStation. And I really never had an issue getting into a match. And I think that's why games like, you know, Fortnite and all these big games opted for this cross-play situation. Because, you know, look at what happened to Friday the 13th. Now the game is almost unplayable. <laughs> now if you happen to have, you know, five friends who all have a copy of the game and you're all on the same system... <laughs> you can play it, but it's, uh, yeah, a little bit harder to make that work. So it has been quite a while since I played Friday the 13th. Um, but Dead by Daylight does not have that problem. Dead by Daylight is absolutely a thriving community. They're always releasing new events and, you know, giving the game updates. Uh, they release new characters all the time. I honestly haven't played Dead by Daylight in a minute, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today, to maybe excite myself to, you know, get back into it. <laughs> but I just wanted anyone, you know, who wasn't aware of this genre to know, it is so much fun. This is, this is like, in my opinion, the prime of, like, online gaming. I'm not into, you know, Call of Duty or these, like, war games, you know, but I, I do respect the concept of 
players coming together and being able to participate in an online game in in real time and just like it, that that kind of experience isn't something that you know has always been around <laughs> you know when i was a, you know a small child uh, you know, you, you popped in the cartridge in the N64 and you plugged in multiple controllers and, you know, smashed brothers together on one screen on one couch. And it's just not really like that anymore. Um, you know, you everyone's got to have a copy of the game. Everyone's got to have the internet connection, you know, and it's 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 a little crazy. But, you know, I've had some moments with Dead by Daylight in the past couple years, you know, with uh, friends and family that, that just gave me that that spark and that feeling of, you know, uh, co-op couch play, you know, even though, you know, we weren't all on one system, but, you know, if you got a bunch of friends who have a Nintendo Switch or y'all have PlayStations, you know, definitely, you know, try to convince everyone to pick up the game and I promise you it'll be tons of fun. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely still have uh, Evil Dead to look forward to. I think that one comes out on Switch soon. Um, I, I, I'm hoping they would want to make some money on that game and release it on Switch. So, um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of gameplay for the game, and the graphics look really cool. And you know, it's just it's got its own twists, and it's a little bit different than Dead by Daylight, but same concept. And you know, you don't break what don't don't fix what ain't broken. <laughs> when when something works, then you know, add your favorite characters to it and sell it. <laughs> you know, Predator did it. Killer clowns from outer space, and I'm probably missing a couple. You know, there's there's probably some more lesser known ones that don't have horror icons attached to them. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of horror, it, these kinds of games are just a no-brainer. And I think as queer people, we're automatically drawn to horror characters because horror characters are the outcasts. They're the outsiders. They're the they have the awesome villain stories, you know, that we can all kind of relate to. Um, and I think that's why, uh, yeah, gays love horror. <laughs> and gays love horror games. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe I'll be back on Dead by Daylight soon and we should play a match together. <laughs> um, this has been your gamer moments. I think we really gated up and, uh, yeah, geeked out. So stay tuned for the next segment of this podcast. Do you like horror movies? <laughs> well, then you're in for a treat. Hey, folks. You're just in time for X Radio. excited to talk about Jeepers Creepers today and I want to go into a little detail about why this film Jeepers Creepers the first one in particular is important to me uh, the year was probably about gosh 2003 <laughs> somewhere around then little seven-year-old me you know 
uh, stumbled upon the VHS. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. A VHS of Jeepers Creepers. And now the cover of this film is the cover of this episode. You know, you see uh, an eyeball kind of peering through what looks like stitched together skin. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I was, you know, obsessed with horror films already by the time I was seven years old. So seeing a cover like that, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like it's going to be like my new favorite movie. <laughs> I had seen, you know, plenty of Freddy Krueger, Jason, Chucky movies at this point, and um, they never really scared me. They were, you know, I liked campy horror films at a young age, so I never really was, like, afraid to actually watch scary movies, ever. That never really happened, because at a young age, I I was able to differentiate the difference between, you know, fantasy and reality, and I just had fun with the horror films and the, the blood and the guts. <laughs> but um, this film, in particular will go down in history for me as being the first film, the only, probably the only horror film I ever in my life had to turn off and stop watching halfway through because I was scared. I was actually scared. <laughs> so yes, uh, that is the film we are talking about today, Jeepers Creepers. And um, I'm not going to go into detail about the director of this film. If you are curious as to why I am not talking about the director of this film, you can Google it. And yeah, I'm going to leave that at that. And we're just going to focus strictly on um, the story and the, uh, the film Jeepers Creepers, as well as its sequels. Um, Jeepers Creepers is a oh oh boy it's you know it, it's not particularly the greatest horror film ever made but i think what it captured in my young childlike imagination is for me like what what is the ultimate horror in my mind what what situation could I ever stumble upon and be actually sh like sh shitting my pants afraid? <laughs> and, and that's what happened to me the first time I saw this film. Now, this film is a 2001 film. 2001 horror film. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, it had been out a couple years by the time I had found it. Um, in 2001, I was, uh, like seven so so yeah it would make sense that I probably saw this film the first time when I was like nine probably in like yeah 2003 a couple years after it had been out it was already on VHS and I had picked up the VHS at like Hollywood video or blockbuster <laughs> and um this the film starts off with middle of nowhere and that right there, you know, you're noticing a trend in, you know, the horror films that I'm reviewing and talking about on this podcast. It's that middle of nowhere, you're just in, in a car, on a road, 
and you, there's no nothing to help you if you are in a situation where you need to get out. You're you're in the fucking middle of nowhere on a road, a dirt freaking road in butthole Poho County, you know? So it's like, that is so scary to me. Uh, middle of America, I find to be really terrifying. And it's like the perfect setting for a horror film. Films like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, X, you know, like these films where you're just, you're in such an unfamiliar territory, whereas the villain of these kinds of films, this is their territory. They have home field advantage. They know every sawmill and slaughterhouse, you know, for the next hundred miles, and you don't, and you, you're stuck out there. <laughs> so... You know, that's that right there is what I love about this film is, you know, you have two characters and we're going to we're going to get into those characters right now. Um, we have uh, Darius Jenner uh, in the film. They call him Derry, but Derry Jenner. And that is, role is played by the incomparable Justin Long. <laughs> now. I Justin Long was like one of those crushes that I had before I even knew what a crush was. <laughs> I remember seeing him in the Britney Spears movie Crossroads <laughs> where he's like about to hook up with Britney Spears and he's like in his boxers and like I had that feeling for him before I even knew what that feeling was. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Just uh, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I had such a crush on Justin Long at nine years old. <laughs> so Justin Long is our protagonist of this film, as well as his sister, uh, Trisha Jenner. Uh, Trisha Jenner is played by Gina Phillips. So yes, we have just Trisha and Derry, a brother and a sister, and they're in some like, again, I don't know anything about cars. They're in some like you know, old, Oldsmobile type of car that looks like it's probably from, like, the 80s or something, and they're just driving. They're just being brother and sister. They're playing a fun little game with the license plates that they see as they're driving, and um, that uh, is a little bit pretty. It's, it's more important, but, you know, later when they come across the license plate of the Creeper. <laughs> but they're playing their license plate game, and they're just kind of, like, you know, having banter with each other, you know, asking about mom, how's mom doing? Well, she seems like she's kind of depressed, you know? Well, and Derry's like, everyone's depressed, you know? And, you know, they're just, you know, going home. But, but they're, they're on a highway that they don't really know. But at one point, um, well, this is after, this is actually after the moment with the creeper. Anyway, they're driving, they're driving, they're driving, and out of nowhere, you know, imagine just being on a road trip with, with your brother or your sister, just, you know, just you two, you know, it's 2001, there's no, you know, they have cell phones, but it, it's not like a, you know, a cell phone type of situation like it is today, we're talking, you know, 20 years ago, um, so all of a sudden, you're just driving, and then you hear the most disgusting, scary horn 
like a like type of freaking truck horn and then and, and you turn around and there's this massive disgusting scary old rusty truck like swerving around behind you and and slamming on its horn and that's what happens and they're, they're just like they don't know what the fuck's going on there's there's a literally a crazy person like behind them trying to see what seems like he's trying to like get in front of them and so Derry, you know, he's like, you know, waving like, go around me, go around me. Like, you know, he's trying to let this like motherfucker go around and the truck is not going around him and it's continuing to, you know, just scare them, basically. And, you know, after this goes on for a little bit, the truck eventually does go around him and it speeds up, speeds off ahead like it, you know, is souped up with some nitrous or something and it's gone. And Derry and Trish are out of breath, and they're like, "What the fuck just happened?" You know, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere, and someone in a gross, rusty truck literally just like scared the fuck out of you. And yeah, so that that fear in them unlocks a memory that Trisha had, and this is where it starts to get fun. Trisha talks about how she she says you know what i just thought about and Derry's like what and she says you know 1982 or whatever i think she said 1982 uh class or class of 1982 um kenny and darla and and Derry's like no they, they you know they died 100 miles from here and she's like it's the same fucking highway so that fear of that like gross truck made her think of a story that she grew up hearing about Kenny and Darla, who were a couple in, yeah, the early 80s, who were just going to prom, kids, just going to prom, about 100 miles from where they are, and let's just say the couple never made it to prom. Um, and, yeah, they, they, the, 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 urban legend that this story is is they you know something about darla's head how they like never found her fucking head so like this is a story they grew up hearing and what they had just experienced with this nasty like rusty truck unearthed that like urban legend of kenny and darla and what we come to find out later in the film is that this is the motherfucker that actually did kill Kenny and Darla about 23 years ago. So, um, yeah, you know, they're just talking about the urban legend and they keep driving and down the road, they see a church, you know, and I'm assuming there's not a lot of buildings and neighborhoods around here, you know, so they've probably been driving for my, uh, you know, uh, who knows how long. And then there's just a fucking gross church with like trees hanging you know droopy trees all around it and crows and they see that fucking truck and they refer to him as beating you because that was his license plate um after he had drove off and they shook off the fear of what they were you know dealing with they uh uh dairy was like beating you that was the license plate i get a point for that and you know she's like no you gotta fucking call it when you see it <laughs> But yeah, they say that, you know, the license plate is beating you. And, um, 
so when they when they're passing the church Gary goes hey beating you and they look up and they see that god this the the first time I'm going back to like my nine-year-old mindset watching this film and when you first see the creeper this is your first shot of the creeper the creature of this franchise it is disgusting looking it is this like man with this like weird gray white like mop hanging off the back of his head like his hair is so gross <laughs> but you can't really see his face that well he's wearing an old an old like fucking cowboy hat and like a a ratted trench coat and they see him very quickly grabbing what looks to be something wrapped and roped in a sheet wrapped and roped in a sheet with red stains on it <laughs> and he's like grabbing these things out of his the back of his truck and throwing them down a pipe like that's going into the ground next to the church and the creeper as you know they're driving by he stops what he's doing and sees that they are watching him and he just fucking smiles you can't see his face really uh well um but you can see that his teeth these white fucking teeth and he's just standing there smiling at them and and then they they're like okay we need to fucking get the fuck out of here drive 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 and um you know they go for the cell phone and the cell phone is not charged or whatever you know great excuse for a horror movie and um then they hear the horn and the truck is pulling out of the church and coming at them extremely fast <laughs> so what then uh happens is he ends up ramming the back of their car many times scaring the shit out of them even further and um they end up you know getting you know shoved off the side of the road the creeper continues on down the road <laughs> and now what happens next is probably it's got to be the dumbest thing that's ever happened in any horror film because but it's but it's also what i like about horror films like i said we need characters that are going to make dumb decisions so that we can watch what happens yeah <laughs> Derry convinces his sister we need to go back to that church and look down that pipe and make sure that no one is like hurt and needs help <laughs> i'm sorry but um there's no way in hell you could ever convince me to go back to that church like after what i had just seen like i'm sorry but that was a monster that was actually a monster throwing bodies down a pipe next to a church like no 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 we're not going back there we are going we are leaving this state <laughs> we need to go as far away from wherever the fuck we are right now and it's getting dark when they're when they're filming this scene right here where they're talking about going back to the church it's golden hour and my favorite thing about the first two films in this franchise is they utilized golden hour while filming to it, it just mm, 
the daylight shots are so beautiful absolutely beautiful and this scene right here where they're you know contemplating going back to this church it's just it looks really golden and and it's beautiful but also spooky and eerie at the same time because at this point if you've never seen any of these movies you don't know what the fuck is happening you don't know what to expect down there it's like the movie barbarian you know you don't you don't know what you're getting into until you watch it for the first time so um yeah um Anyway, they go back to the church, and yeah, some stupid shit uh, ensues with Derry. You know, this character already you're like you're mad at him because he has put his sister he's put his sister in mortal motherfucking danger right here. He f falls into the metal pipe and slides down into the basement of the church, like underground. And um, he tells Trisha, you know, like you gotta get <laughs> you gotta get up to the road, and you know find help because there's some nasty motherfucking shit down here and and what he says to her before she goes is like great he's like and if you see that old truck coming you get back to this pipe and you holler as loud as you can because he is motherfucking scared what he finds down there is uh he does find bodies that were wrapped up in sheets and rope and um one of them was half alive and uh and revealed that had this person had been like cut open and sewn back up and yeah Derry is just mortified uh yeah and as he should be like you i'm sorry you deserve this you you wanted to come back here and try to be a hero but if someone is already wrapped up in a sheet and a rope there's nothing you can do to help <laughs> anyway <clears throat> so he explores further and finds uh, Macabre. He sees uh, this like little workshop, basically, where this creature has been stitching at people and and pasting them to the like ceiling. And he referred to it as a like fucked up version of the Sistine Chapel. And I think that is that's really cool. He ends up getting out of there, uh, but before he does. He, as he, you know, he finds the way out, he sees <laughs> Kenny and Darla preserved, like, like they, he said they look like petrified wood, and they were, like, sewn together, like, holding hands, and it showed that her head actually had been sewn back on to her body. So, I don't know how the story even got out about uh, her missing her head or whatever, if, like, the creature ended up retrieving the pieces, I don't know, anyway, it's just a really cool moment, because you realize, like, wow, this, like, urban legend that they grew up hearing about, uh, they have just found the, the story, the, the truth, there's Kenny and Darla right there, and the class of, like, 1982 fucking, um, ring around their stitched together hands so he gets out of there and he gets back to trisha and um yeah they get they, they get the fuck out of there and you know trisha's trying to talk to Derry, and she's like well what did you see what you know why what's going on and he can barely speak and and then he he reveals you know that yeah that's who he had saw he saw kenny and darla and he says uh you you know what he did for you know what he did for her trish 
he uh he put her he sewed her head right back on he put her right he's like just he's in shock he's absolutely in shock because um what had always been a story uh is now reality for them he is in the middle of a horror story and he knows it <laughs> so they end up getting to this diner slash gas station where they they run in they're like we need we need the fucking police get the police you know like <laughs> someone's been killed you know da, 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 da. everyone in there is just kind of like really calm and you know looking at them like they're on drugs and uh the pay the like pay phone that's hanging on the wall next to them rings and someone at the like diner is like you're gonna get that like <laughs> and so they like hesitantly answer the phone it's Derry who answers the phone and all of a sudden there's this random lady saying did you did you see the cats yet uh you Derry you and your sister did you see the cats yet and he's like what the what the fuck are you talking about and and she goes on and you know she says uh what you saw at the church you know the bodies down there I've seen them too and um and then all of a sudden, she holds her phone up to the, her, a phonograph in her room and says, listen, listen to this song. She says, when you hear that song, you run. <laughs> and, uh... Derry has no idea what the fuck this bitch is talking about, and uh, she says that that song means trouble for you, and uh, just just going on about you know you're gonna you're gonna face the the worst fear you've ever you've ever feared, and he's like fuck you, lady, and slams the phone down. <laughs> so yeah, he has no idea what's going on, but he's he's freaked out because someone is calling him and is knowing basically shit about him and his sister and what the, the horror that they are just now experiencing so if he, if he was already in shock this pushes him even further <laughs> by the time the police show up you know they tell the police or Derry tells the police what he had seen and his sister is kind of look at it, looking at him like she doesn't believe him and Derry notices this, and he says, you know, like, look me in the eye and tell me you believe me, you know, like, I, I told them the truth, everything I fucking, you know, told them is the truth, I, I, and, um, she, she says, you know, it's not that I don't believe you, it's just, you know, a lot, you know, he's saying that, you know, he saw hundreds of bodies down there, as well as the body of Kenny and Darla, and it was, uh, preserved like petrified wood, so the cop is like, you know, you know, it's not that we don't believe you, this is just, this is a quite a story you're you're laying on us here <clears throat> and then that's when the everything kind of shifts right here and i love this uh the the like waitress of the diner runs up to them and she's like hey that's your car out in the pub it there in it uh your your car there was there was a man standing near your car and and smelling your laundry and <laughs> they get out there and the car doors flung open and all of his dirty laundry is like laying out there and she's like that man was standing near your car and sniffing that laundry <laughs> so what is what was just you know dairy freaking out now everyone's basically freaking out because all these people who were just enjoying their little you know chicken fried steak dinner 
in Poho County, wherever the fuck they are, Louisiana, and they see this fucking man, or what looks like it's a man, sniffing laundry. So everyone's freaked out at this point, and the cops are like, okay, you know, we got something going on here. So, uh, you know, they, they leave the diner with the police escort, and I think at this point they're just headed to, like, the police station. Yeah, or they're just trying to, like, get out of here or whatever. Anyway, the cops are following behind them, and Derry is, you know, shuffling through the radio, and he hears the Jeepers Creepers song, but it's a different version. It's the Siouxsie and the Banshee version, which I absolutely love, and I'm going to play a little clip of it right here for you. Oh my god, what a bop. <laughs> I have that on my Fall For It playlist right now. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Anyway, they hear this, and as they hear this fucking song, you can see through the back windshield of their car, standing on top of the police officer's car, and these cars are moving at like 50-60 miles per hour, you see the creeper, and this, like so far, just every shot of him is so good and creepy. It, the, the silhouette of this man with the hat and his like tattered trench coat and his like nasty like weird wig <laughs> it is so terrifying and just to see him standing on top of the car as it's going 50 miles an hour you're like what the fuck and he uh, basically chops off the head of one of the police officers and that head goes flying up and hits the windshield of Trish and Derry's car, which makes them freak out and stop driving immediately. <laughs> and they get out, they you know they get out of the car to make sure, see like what the fuck's going on with the police car, and all they see is the police car just um, at a standstill. And so Trish is like, "Hey, you know what's going on? Like, are you okay?" And the creeper gets out of the police car's driver's seat and begins whistling the Jeepers Creepers, you know, classic song, of course, so great, and he walks over to the road of where the head is laying <laughs> in the road, and he proceeds to eat the, uh, the tongue of that cop's head. <laughs> Trish and Derry watch in absolute horror, and um, this scene is so campy. It's so campy because behind the creeper, while he's literally ripping a tongue out of a head, <laughs> there's like a billboard that says, tastes so darn good. <laughs> I just, they're, they're letting you know right here. It's camp. Like, you know, this moment, yeah, it's fucking scary. And especially scary if you're nine years old watching this <laughs> for the first time. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, his motive ha is revealed that he is, he is eating, you know, people. <laughs> Trish and Derry are like, we need to get the fuck out of here now. And they uh, slam on the fucking gas and get the fuck out. <clears throat> so they end up at a weird, like, cottage house, literally on the side of the, the Nine. I'm assuming this is the Nine freeway or whatever. 
uh, Poho County. <laughs> and they're like, we need to see if this person has a phone. So they stop and they go and knock on the, the porch and it's this old woman. And now this woman, it, I don't know the actress's name, but she actually was in the movie Clue. And I think she was Miss Peacock. Yeah, she was Miss Peacock in Clue. Um, so yeah, if you know who that is, this is the old woman. And she, uh, you know, like, hey, you know, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> They're like, we need to use a phone. We need to call the police. Like, somebody's been killed. And she's like, killed, you say? Uh, you know, oh, well, well, first she lies and says she doesn't have a phone. And then once they say, you know, someone's been killed, she make sure that it's not one of her babies and as she's talking all of these cats start to appear on her property like crawling out of the bushes crawling out of her house and Derry is now realizing these are the cats that the person on the phone was talking about so he's realizing okay like this is something's wrong something's wrong here and trisha's like did you just hear what i said like because this woman is only giving a shit like about her cats, not that a person was just killed. So Trish and Derry are weirded out, you know, and the woman, you know, she's like, okay, well, you can, you know, use my phone. Just, you know, don't bring the cops out here. You know, tell them to go meet on the interstate or whatever. She's like, they're not going to tell me how many fucking cats I can have. You know, <laughs> that's all, she, all she's cared about. All she's worried about is her cats. So um, as she's going to get the phone, she comes back to the, to the screen door and she says you kids got anybody else with you and she motions over to her scarecrow um and trish and Derry realize that oh shit that's not a scarecrow that's the creeper <laughs> and the woman literally says like that's not my scarecrow and she comes out of her fucking house with a shotgun this bitch i love this bitch she is ready she is ready she, to defend her cats she, no one's fucking with her cats <laughs> she has her shotgun <laughs> the performance she gives here as she is literally facing off with the creeper she says you've got 10 seconds to get your ass out of my yard and I ain't gonna tell you twice <laughs> and then she literally says 1 2 10 <laughs> she, she didn't even give him 10 seconds she shoots, but before she's able to hit the creeper with, you know, her gun, he, like, flies literally over to her house and um, is in her house in an instant. And she uh, goes in because she's ready to defend her cats. She don't fucking care. And they're trying to, like, grab the woman and, like, tell her, we need to go. We need to get out of here. And she's like, what the fuck did you bring into my house? <laughs> And she goes into the fucking house and she's screaming, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off, you son of a bitch, don't touch my babies. <laughs> and, you know, Trish and Derry are, you know, just like in absolute horror at this moment because this is basically the closest that, you know, they've gotten to this creature. And, um, and they're concerned for the old woman and they hear a fucking gunshot and a second gunshot and they're like what the fuck just happened <sighs> and at this moment this point in the film this is when my nine-year-old <laughs> nine-year-old little brain i couldn't take it anymore i could not continue <laughs> i i clicked eject 
on that VCR, and I grabbed that VHS tape, pulled it out, and I put on Cartoon Network, and I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I can't, I couldn't keep watching. I was so scared. <laughs> they reveal the creeper and what he looks like. This is his first, the first shot of his like face, and it's not human, obviously, and it's not a man. It's it's something else, and. And I was just so scared of what that thing was. I was afraid that it was going to be outside my house, under my bed. I was scared. <laughs> so I eventually, I think years later, honestly, it must have been like, it was like the, the second movie was coming out or whatever. Um, and I, and I went back and I watched the original film again and I loved it. I, I ended up finishing the film probably when I ended up getting it on DVD for the first time. <laughs> Jesus. And, um, so I, you know, years later had, you know, finished the film, but, um, no, I, I never went near that VHS again, you know, or we, uh, returned it to Hollywood video. I did not finish it. I was, I was, uh-uh, I was scared. <laughs> but when I was about, you know, probably 11 or 12, you know, I was able to, you know, be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch the the horror film that I never could finish because I was so scared. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the creeper comes out of the old woman's house carrying the old woman, but he's like holding her up to make Trish and Derry think that it's her walking. And he like throws her body aside and reveals his face and he smiles at them. And they are, they're gone. They run into their fucking car. They pull out of the car and they fucking, uh, you know, are about to speed off. And this motherfucker is literally walking towards their car as they're like getting in there. And he's just like standing in the road. And the shots of him standing in the road right here are oh, just perfect. The, his silhouette is terrifying. And yeah, they're just, like, having a face-off with him, you know, they have their car, you know, ready to go, and he's just standing there looking at them, kind of walking, pacing, backing, back and forth, and they're, they're getting a good look at it, and they're like, what the fuck am I looking at? What is this thing? And also trying to determine how to get out of this situation. And they, uh, uh, Trish is having some issue with her car, you know, the stick shift is, like, bugging, and uh, the creeper like catches it, catches a whiff of this, and starts walking towards their car. And um, she figures out how to like kind of trick him and like fake out and and wait until he's a certain distance to slam on the gas and then fucking. So you know they have they have a little face off with him. And what what happens eventually is she you know she gets him good with the car. And once he's on the ground, she decides I'm gonna fucking. I'm going to run this fucking thing over, you know, as many times as I can. So she, you know, goes forward, she backs up, she goes forward, she backs up. She runs this fucking thing over until she's assuming it's fucking dead. And then all of a sudden, um, the wings are revealed. He, uh, the creeper stretches out one of its wings and, um, the wing looks really, really good here. This is absolutely one of the only moments in the film that is CGI and, um, yeah, it looks really cool because CGI can be so great if used in moderation, in a tasteful way, you know, that's what it's for. It's not, you shouldn't be using CGI for the, the whole film because then 
it just looks stupid. <laughs> you know, what I'm seeing needs to be grounded in reality. And then you can add a little touch of, you know, a little a bat wing, you know, creature wing here and there. But the creeper himself is is all costume, uh, you know. And and I think he looks pretty cool in the first film. It was effective enough to get a nine-year-old to be like, I don't want to keep watching this movie. I'm done. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, he she's trying to flap his wing to like fly away, basically, because the rest of his body has been run over and crushed. And she she hits the gas and you know hits hits the wing and I think even like chops the wing off or something. No, no, just like smashes into you know the creeper one last time and then takes off and they eventually get to the poho county police station and once they're you know they're uh they feel safe they feel like you know what they've experienced tonight is behind them they hopefully killed that thing and you know they call their mom and and their mom is supposedly gonna meet them in the morning come pick them up and you know they're I would feel pretty safe if I was at a police station, a county jail, <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, but they're not because we, what we see is the creeper ends up pulling up in his truck to this police station and getting out and hobbling, hobble, going in, you know, and uh, we do meet Giselle at this point. Giselle comes into the police station. She's immediately like, Trisha, Trisha and Derry. And uh, she, we, it is revealed that she was the woman on the phone that called them in the diner. And, you know, they start talking to her and she says, you know, that she dreams things, basically. She knows things because she sees them in her dreams. And she dreamt about the creeper and she knows what it, you know, what it, it does and what what was in the, the bottom of the church so they're having a little moment you know with her and learning you know that every 23 years this creature gets to eat for 23 days and Barry and Trish are like eat what and she's like you know what it eats don't make me tell you <laughs> the license plate on the truck and he's like beating you and she's like no think about it <laughs> be eating you <laughs> so yeah she uh says to them that she hears the song jeepers creepers while one of them is screaming in the dark and basically getting eaten by the creeper and they're both like, well, you know, which one is it? Which one of us is it? Are your dreams ever wrong? You know, they don't know whether to trust this woman, but she seems to know a lot, you know, so they're obviously like, you know, they need to listen to her. And, um, yeah, but when the creeper got out of the truck and he was like walking, like he was like missing a leg or part of his leg basically, but he was like still walking on the stump. So it made his like shoulders, uh, like really the way he was walking was just really really creepy and i have a, a quick little story to tell um at this point before we continue now you know when you're a kid or when you remember when you were a kid sometimes when you remember things it's hard to remember if that was a dream or if that was something that really happened and i have a little story about 
one time when I was, it was nighttime, and I was in my room by myself watching TV. And the way my bedroom was set up was uh, we had a, a back door in my room, and that back door led to a, our backyard. The only way to get to the backyard was through my bedroom, or you can go through the fence outside, but it was a fenced off tiny little backyard, and we had like a shed back there, and just grass, you know, it was just, that was it, just a little backyard. So in the summertime, or anytime it was hot, I would leave that back door open and let the cool breeze come in, you know, and I'd be in my room sitting on my bed watching TV. And there was one night where I actually remember, and I remember this happened, like this wasn't a dream, um, cause I can just, uh, like, it was, it was one of the scariest moments of my life, I think. Um, I remember looking out the back door into the backyard and it was all dark out there, but I had seen a shadow <laughs> there <clears throat> cause there was like a light shining from like the, the neighbors or whatever into the yard. So I could see a shadow and I had a window that also looked into the backyard, but it had like blinds. Um, but so you could see like if there was movement in the backyard, I would see it, you know, obviously with the shadows and like through the window. And I remember seeing someone walking in, in a very, very similar way to the way the creeper is actually walking in that scene when he's getting out of his truck, going into the, the jail, um, very like, left the shoulders going up and down at like a very jarred like angle like you know because obviously he was missing a piece of his leg so like yeah one shoulder was like way higher than the other and I remember seeing this like that exact like something walking in my backyard and it like yeah was just walking weird like that and and I pretty sure I remembered like that scene in this movie when I saw that in my backyard so I didn't see it looked I'm, I'm not fucking fucking with you I'm not doing a bit right now when I say it looked like the silhouette of the creeper in my backyard walking towards the fucking door to like come in and get me so when I see this I scream at the top of my lungs, and that's why I know this is real, like, this was, this is a memory, this isn't, like, a dream I had, because I screamed at the top of my lungs, ran down the hallway into the living room where my mom was hanging, she usually hung out in the living room and watched TV at night, you know, before she went to bed, and, um, I scream, run into, I didn't close my back door in my room, but I, you know, ran the fuck out of my room into the living room and was screaming. And my mom's obviously, what, what, what's going on? And I'm like, there's something in the backyard. There's something in the backyard. I remember like telling her like, there's something in the back, there's someone or something in the backyard. And she's like, no, shut up. Like, you're fine. And you know, like she wasn't afraid, obviously. And she walks into my room and you know, I, I'm behind her. I'm like, what the, you know, and there's nothing. There was absolutely nothing. We go into the backyard. We turn like lights on and stuff. And, there was nothing out there. And, um, yeah, that's the story. <laughs> and, um, it is very unsettling to me, even right now thinking about it, because I remember what I saw. I remember seeing something walking in my backyard and, like, hobbling like that, just like the creeper right there. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe when you're a kid, 
your your imagination really does play tricks on you but um there's just certain things that are unexplained i think where yeah they just uh rest in the back of your mind and haunt you a little bit so <laughs> every time i see the movie jeepers creepers and i see this scene where he's hobbling out of his fucking truck yeah i think of that memory of when i was a kid and when i thought the creeper or something was hobbling around in my backyard anyway <laughs> so the rest of the movie is um you know not the best you know like you know they 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 fight the creeper basically in the police station you know all the police officers have a face off with the creeper and um yeah you know it it, it climaxes but you know i think the first three quarters of this film are just so good and excellent and atmospheric horror and it's terrifying you know especially if you've never seen it before and especially if you're nine years old <laughs> but um you know what culminates is um you know they they get trish and Derry are in like a holding room in one in one of the in in, in the county jail and the creeper finds them and you know they have a face-off with him and before this it was revealed um, that the creeper actually can heal himself by eating people. So, um, you know, he ate a couple of the prisoners in the jail, and that's how he got his leg back. And, you know, everything that Trisha had destroyed on him was basically fixed because he had eaten a couple people in the jail. So um, he's at full health. He's fully, you know, powerful again. And he gets his pick you know he gets he smells what they also learned from giselle is that there's something in your fear that it can smell and that's how it figures out what parts it wants to eat so it takes a good whiff of both trisha and dairy and it realizes you know dairy is the one that it wants you know there's something in dairy there's something in his fear he's he's more afraid of it than she is and that's why it wants dairy and so trisha pleads with this creature and she's like you know take me you know don't take my brother you know i won't fight you you i'm stronger i'm better take me she's trying to save her brother right now and dairy's like don't be a hero you know he, he's like getting choked by the creature and all the police officers are literally there pointing guns at this thing you know everyone can see it and everyone's in disbelief at what they're looking at and the creeper decides to ignore what trish is saying and fly out the fucking window with justin long <laughs> and we get a, we get another little uh you know cgi shot um but it, it's it's pretty cool you know just the, the creature flapping its wings carrying justin long dairy jenner uh flying away into the moonlight and Trisha screaming, you know, chasing, screaming her brother's name. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, the next morning, Trisha, you know, Trisha's parents show up. She's devastated because her brother had been taken by a flying creature. <laughs> and uh, the uh, she approaches the psychic Giselle, and she's like, you know, it was Derry who you heard screaming in the dark while hearing the song Jeepers Creepers, and Giselle just says, you know, uh, what do I know? You know, I'm just a I'm just a crazy old lady, you know, 
you ask anyone, they'll, they'll tell you, I'm, I'm just a crazy old, I don't know nothing. Because <laughs> she obviously feels upset that, you know, there was nothing she could do to help, that her vision did come true. But also, maybe by her actually influencing, she helped that vision come through, you know. Just like, it was very, very Raven Simone. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then for the final shot of this film, we uh, see this old, like, factory boiler place, uh, and there's crows cawing, you know, which have been very symbolic throughout this film, and are very symbolic of the Creeper and his franchise. And it zooms into the dark corridors of this uh, place, and you hear Derry screaming bloody murder. <laughs> And you hear the faint uh, song, sound of the Jeepers Creepers song playing on the phonograph, and we see uh, the old Creeper sitting at his workshop, uh, yeah, uh, eating Derry's eyeballs. <laughs> and he pe peeks through the eye slot, and, um, and the film ends. And that last little moment there, where the Creeper is looking through Derry's uh, head, the hole in his head that is actually Justin Long um, in, dressed up as the Creeper. So, fun fact there. But, uh, yeah, that's Jeepers Creepers 1, and um, I gotta say, it's the best film in this franchise, 100%. Um, if it weren't for this film, we wouldn't have three other films to talk about today. <laughs> and it really did a number on me at nine years old. I, I, I gotta tell you, like... Um, it's always truly been one of my favorite horror films for that reason. There are a lot of flaws, like I said, you know, the, the climax of the film in the police station, you know, eh, you know, it, it wasn't as scary as like the first part of the film. So like, if I would have been able to stick it out, you know, through the like really scary middle of the film when I was nine, I probably could have finished it no problem. But um, yeah, I just like that that idea of myself of being so scared that I had to pull that VHS out. <laughs> and now, um, you know, I would normally want to talk about Jeepers Creepers 2 right now. Duh, that would make sense. But I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about Jeepers Creepers 3. Right after this break. hungry and you only got like a 10 maybe a five well good thing you're listening to delicious deals where i give you insights on delicious deals it's that simple this week's delicious deal is awesome it's for panda express that's right right now panda express is offering a promotion for their beyond orange chicken if you order an online order and you purchase a panda bowl with the uh, Beyond Orange Chicken, you can use the promo code BEYONDS to get another panda bowl absolutely free. That's right, buy one panda bowl 
get one free as long as you use the promo code BEYOND, and it has to be, you know, through the app or through a website. But yeah, that's it's that easy. You literally just, you have to get the BEYOND Orange Chicken, because that's the promotion. They want everyone to try the, you know, the plant-based orange chicken. And then you can choose any entree for your second bowl absolutely free. And even the honey walnut shrimp or the steak. So what I did is I did my uh, order. I ordered the plant-based orange chicken, Beyond Orange Chicken, and I got that with uh, chow mein. So the bowl came to, with tax and everything, like $9.80. So for the second bowl, I was like, well, I'm going to get a premium entree if the bowl's free. So I got the fried rice and the honey walnut shrimp for the second bowl, and that bowl was 100% free. So with tax and everything, I paid $9.80, and I got two panda bowls. Absolutely enough food to feed two people, but I ate it all myself. <laughs> now, this promotion goes on until October 9th. That's right, you have like nine days from the airing of this episode to go get your free Panda Bowl. Uh, what are you waiting for? Use code BEYOND in the Panda Express app or online and get a free Panda Bowl as long as you purchase the Beyond Orange Chicken. It's really, really good and it might actually even be better than their regular orange chicken. I'm not vegan, I'm not vegetarian, but I really like to try plant-based options when they're presented to me. So go check out that Beyond Orange Chicken, and yeah, get the honey walnut shrimp for free. Jeepers Creepers 3. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a lot to say about this one. Um... Jeepers Creepers 3 is the next film in the chronological timeline of this series. So, um, yeah, the events of Jeepers Creepers 1 happen, as we have already talked about, and Jeepers Creepers 3 comes next. So the next morning, after, you know, Derry had been kidnapped and Trisha, you know, told dealt, dealt with the police and went home and everything... The police, obviously, are still dealing with the the events of what had happened. So, you know, they discovered everything that went down in the church. The creeper burned the church. So, um, but they ended up finding bodies, you know, and, you know, the radio stations start broadcasting about the horror, the House of Horror in Poho County. And so, you know, it, people know about what's happening, and the police are trying to you know, d destroy this thing, uh, <laughs> this monster. And in the third film, um, you know, the first time I had seen this film, I, pfft, I hated it. I thought it was ridiculous and cheesy as fuck, but not in a good way. And I just like, I had waited so long for it that I, you know, I had really high expectations, which is stupid for the third film in a horror <laughs> franchise. But, um, yeah, anyway, first time I watched it is when it came out, and Jeepers Creepers 3 came out, I believe, in 2017, yeah, about five years ago. Jeepers, let me Google it real quick. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers 3 was released in 2017, exactly like I thought. So, you know, it had been a while since the last <laughs> time we saw the Creeper. 
and you know this film is a mess there's there's a lot that i don't like about it you know i'm not going to i'm not going to go through the entire plot of the film we're just going to cover like what went down in this film and how it adds to the mythos of the creeper so in this film you know we meet this whole other group of people uh they have like little patches on their like trench coats with like a little skull and like bat wings like they're hunters basically who are hunting down the creeper all of these people have been affected by you know loss due to the creeper and so they all have gathered together you know to hunt it down and it's led by this uh one guy sheriff dan <laughs> sheriff dan i can't find his last name whatever sheriff dan yeah he's sheriff dan and the the actor is stan shaw uh, he he is one of the only good things about <laughs> this film. His acting is really good, and you know he has a face off with the creeper. So, what's what? There. Okay. So the second time I watched this film, you know, before I made this podcast, I watched all four of these films. You know, I did a rewatch of the first three films, and I have seen Jeepers Creepers Reborn, um, in theaters. So they I've watched all four of them recently. And honestly, I really did enjoy Jeepers Creepers 3 more this time around, watching it with the other films and um, really paying attention to this film and trying to catch all of the little details. I liked it a lot more the second time. I still have a lot of complaints about what I don't like, um, and we'll get into that. But um, I like this guy, Stan Shaw, um, and he... It was affected by loss. I don't know who, you know, I think he just, yeah, he lost friends or people, you know, he was around 23 years ago when this fucker uh, was killing people. So what Jeepers Creepers 3 does really well is it establishes more history in this timeline. We're learning about what happened in the Kenny and Darla era of the Creeper. And the first time I watched this film, I didn't catch that the lady, Meg Foster, the character she plays, she's Kenny's mom. She's the mother of the boy who is taking his prom date to the prom and was, they were killed by the creeper. She's Kenny's mom. And catching that this time around, I really appreciated that that's where the story was going. That, you know, oh, we're, these are people that have been waiting 23 years to to have a, another go at this thing and they're all they've all been prepared for it so it's you know i do appreciate that you know i think for fans of the first two films you know there is a lot to actually get from the third film um if you're able to sit through the cheesiness of the entire film <laughs> So, um, yeah, there's Kenny's mom, you know, she, her whole storyline in this film is that, you know, there's, you know, she sees Kenny, it's actually Kenny, we see him as a ghost, and, um, you know, he's telling her that, you know, there's a piece of the fucking creeper buried here, and it's coming back for it, it's going to come and get his hand that is buried on this hill, and um, she has a granddaughter, and um, the granddaughter thinks her grandma's crazy because her grandma's always on this hill talking to a ghost, <laughs> screaming. 
And, uh, it, you know, I like all of this. It's, it's effective. Um, you know, I'm not really invested in the granddaughter and her boyfriend, you know, that storyline, you know, that's a big part of the movie. And I just could, I don't know. I just really wasn't into it. Um, but I do like the the boyfriend, you know, he's, I, I like him as an actor. Maybe it's just the granddaughter I didn't like. I feel like she just kind of, I don't know. No, no, she was kind of giving Trisha Jenner in some moments, but I, the, I could just go back and forth on this particular Jeepers Creepers film all day. Um, but yeah, so the things I don't like about it is <laughs> this film uh, places a lot of... Uh, like attention on the truck the creepers truck becomes like an actual character in this franchise because we're seeing the truck do things that just weren't unimaginable in the first film um, there was no truck in the second film which i think is kind of cool that you know yeah they, they took a break from the truck and then the third film they're like oh it's it's all about the truck <laughs> this truck is magical this truck has like i don't know if the creeper has like an app on his phone or something and he's controlling the truck from <laughs> 10 miles away but it just does things that don't make any sense and i don't think it particularly added any anything positive to this franchise we don't need the truck to magically be able to just kill people because the truck decides to do that it's it's out of place and it doesn't it does not work for me <laughs> but you know that is you know there's a there's a good chunk of that in this movie the truck is like throwing bombs and shit while it's in a, they're doing a chase well the creeper is but it's just like there's the cgi that they utilized for those effects made it look really stupid and and it does take away from my overall enjoyment of this film but you know looking into the other things this film has to offer regarding you know getting getting a little bit more history about Kenny and Darla's era of the Creepers, um, you know, return. Because, you know, I just think that, I think the concept of it coming back every 23 years is really cool. You know, thinking about all the different eras that, you know, this thing has been in. And, you know, I would like to see them explore, you know, like more eras, you know. I To, to use a whole entire film to only take place, you know, in between the events of the first two films, you know, it would have worked if maybe the fourth film would have been better and would have explored, you know, the actual what it had, or if they would have had actual flashbacks from the 80s or something, you know, that would have been cool. But, um, you know, it, it was a very ambitious film, the third one, and I don't think it was executed in, in the best way. <clears throat> The Creeper himself, uh, you know, Jonathan Beck, um, I, I don't think the Creeper looked the best in this one. <laughs> For some random reason, he has, like, a red t-shirt on? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, the red t-shirt, you know, is kind of interesting, because um, it just, it looks like the rest of his clothes are, like... <laughs> disgusting and old and tattered and then he has like a bright red like t-shirt on so you know it's kind of odd and um you know you do see the creeper a lot in the day uh, during this film and it didn't capture those daytime shots in a beautiful effective way like 
the first two films did. You know, it, uh, it, it just had a lot of extra CGI and unneeded air. You know, they relied more on the CGI than, than trying to just create eerie, beautiful images. Um, so yeah, the creeper just kind of looks silly. <laughs> Killing people in this one. You know, I mean, I, I get this is camp. It's, it's still camp horror, you know, but um, yeah, there was just some wacko, wacko stuff going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, what do you expect? It's the third film in the franchise. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Creeper, uh, you know, he eventually goes after the hand that he, you know, had got taken from him 23 years ago because they reveal that you know, through the pieces of the creature, that's how you can learn its secrets about what it actually is. And so, you know, again, a really cool concept that the film didn't actually really explore in in any appropriate way that was, you know, for the audience, unless they were planning to do something in a fourth film that, well, well it's very apparent they were planning to do something in another film that we never got. But, um... Yeah, the uh, Meg Foster's character, uh, Kenny's mom, she at one point, like, uh, touches the hand and, you know, the, eye, the eye, her eyes roll in the back of her head and she gets, like, a vision, a flash, you know, she sees into the past, like, the far past. And, and same with um, Stan Shaw's character, you know, the Detective Dan or whatever, you know, the creeper hunter he he the same thing happens to him so we have two our two you know badass characters learn what this thing is and how to destroy it or you know they learn its secrets but nothing nothing plays out with it you know that one point that well basically at the end of the movie there's like a the creature goes back for his uh, hand and they left him a note that says, we know what you are. And he just sinks to his knees and like his head opens up, you know, the things around his head, it opens up and he just lets out a blood curdling scream. Like, like, oh, he's mad. He's so mad that they like know his secrets or something. I don't know. But he ends up like killing them. He ends up killing the people that knew how to destroy him. And so no one knows like what he even is. <clears throat> yeah, it just, mm, the plot wasn't really handled correctly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's where that went. Uh, I don't remember, I think the boyfriend of the granddaughter died or something. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, watching it a second time, I enjoyed, I enjoyed thinking about, you know, the possibilities of, like, yeah, 23 years prior to Trish and Derry, and then, you know, just, I guess I was just dreaming of a better Jeepers Creepers movie and thinking, like, I don't know, maybe someday Jeepers Creepers 5 will be the greatest Jeepers Creepers movie, you know, one day we're gonna get that movie where it really, a director gets a hold of it and is able to give us give the fans what they want, but also, you know, add more to the actual mythos while containing it to, you know, the whole, it, it needs a reboot, and the reboot that we got is not the T. <laughs> but, you know.
Anyway, Jeepers Creepers 3, you know, the best the best part of this movie is the end when it's over. <laughs> when the film is over, it is revealed that, you know, everything that we had just seen was prior to the events of Jeepers Creepers 2. And we see, um, yeah, oh, that duh, 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 the granddaughter's boyfriend, he is on the fucking football team and he gets on the bus, which is kind of a loophole because, um, if he had just experienced everything he experienced and then got on that bus to like, you know, to go... And if he was on the bus in Jeepers Creepers 2, wouldn't there have been someone that was like, oh yeah, you know, I know what that is, and I I just fought it, (laughs) you know? So it's a loophole, but, you know, whatever. It was a cute moment. It was fun, it was cute, and I like like that they decided to let you know truly, like, oh yeah, the events of Jeepers Creepers 2 are right after this. So, you know, yeah, in theory, Jeepers Creepers 3 should have been awesome, but it's not awesome. It's okay. <laughs> it is not my favorite film in this franchise by far, but you know, it is required watching, you know, to get the full story of what this creature actually is and three films in and we still don't know. But the final 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 shot of this film is in my opinion the best the best thing about it and I'm so excited to talk about it we get the reprisal of Trisha Jenner. Gina Phillips is back because it literally is 20. They give you a 23 years later shot and they show, you know, that Trisha Jenner, she has like a podcast or something. She's online talking and, you know, with a group of other people who are trying, who have been waiting 23 years to kill this thing. And she says, you know, I've been waiting yeah, 23 years to, to kill the thing that took my brother from me and and just having that moment like I, w- I sat through Jeepers Creepers 3 for that moment as a reminder that like Trisha has been waiting 23 years to get revenge on that on, for on her brother and the fact that it was in the movie and they showed that it got me so excited and imagining what Jeepers Creepers 4 could be and because of that, you know, I, I was let down uh, in Jeepers Creepers Reborn because there is no Gina Phillips. There's no... <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I mean, the teaser at the end of the movie and then the next movie comes and you don't get satisfaction for the teaser. That's really disappointing, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means that it wasn't going to happen in the next film. But I do believe that that bitch will come back, maybe in the next film, Jeepers Creepers 5, and she is going to fucking get revenge for Derry. <laughs> we all want to see it, and we deserve to see it, because we have got teased like that <laughs> with her. But, yeah, you know. That was definitely my highlight of the film, was the last shot with her. <laughs> and Jeepers Creepers 2 is... It's great, you know? It's not as great as the first film. It's not. 
but they did so many things right in the sequel to Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers 2, uh, at the time, you know, we didn't realize it was that a whole story had gone on in the <laughs> in the middle but you know it was it was what came next it was the second film and it was released two years after the first one so Jeepers Creepers came out in 01 and then two years later Jeepers Creepers 2 came out so yeah Je that Jeepers Creepers 2 must have been like coming out and that's why I had rented the first one on VHS <laughs> was so I can you know watch the new one in theaters, which I ended up doing. Me and family, we went to the drive-in, and I saw Jeepers Creepers 2 at the drive-in. And the first shot of this film is, <clears throat> like, the opening sequence is so awesome. I have, and I think what it did is it instilled, like, a deep fear of, like, scarecrows in me. Like, the idea of, like, a false man on, like, a stick in a cornfield like that's creepy like that <laughs> but um yeah the opening sequence is so cool you know we're introduced to one of our protagonists who is a father and his son is taken from him in in the cornfield by the creeper it's so awesome it's you know if you were a fan of that first film and then going to see the second film oh my god i, re I remember that feeling of watching that you know i was god so if i saw it in theaters in 03 yeah i was like nine <gasps> was i nine when i saw it? no i don't know really six yeah damn then i must not have waited that much longer after watching i must not have waited a few years i must have watched jeepers creepers i probably watched it in like the daytime you know within the next like couple weeks after i like couldn't get sit through it and then yeah saw the new one <clears throat> But, um, yeah, uh, this one is all about these people on a bus. You know, you got two stories. You got the guy who had his son taken from him in the beginning of the film, and he has another son who's older. And this guy, he has, like, this truck, and he the whole film he's, like, trying to create weapons to take this fucker down. And then you have a school bus of unsuspecting uh, victims, that the creeper is i'm sure is incredibly excited to hunt <laughs> and we also learn that in this film at the very beginning it says that this is day 22 so this was the last day um even though which didn't make sense because it's supposed to be 23 days but it says day 22 so when this day is over you know then on the 23rd day the creeper must you know sleep so um it's his last day you know and what better way to end his you know few weeks of uh, yummy eating than a whole bus of hot teenagers <laughs> it's it's an all-you-can-eat buffet and the film is really really fun um because i think the creeper looks like the best in the entire franchise the creeper looks so good in this movie he looks like slimy and like yeah just the effects that they used on him like they really put a lot of money into making him look cool in the second film because i'm assuming this film had a much higher budget than the first film you know it has a lot of actors in it a lot of you know teenagers versus just trish and Derry. and we even get a reprisal of the role of Derry by justin long 
um, yeah, he shows up as a ghost. <laughs> so apparently, like, when the creeper eats people, like, they can show up as ghosts to, like, warn other people to, like, stay away from the creeper. You know, that's part of his mythos. <clears throat> but yeah, so, um, you know, the creeper, he has these, like, throwing stars, and those are introduced in this film. Because he didn't use the throwing stars in the first film. The throwing, he has these like throwing stars made of bone and skin and teeth. And one of them actually has Derry's uh, belly button because it has the rose tattoo. So I love that. I love the constant like references to Justin Long. There needs to be references to Justin Long forever in Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Um, but yes, that that is a fantastic reference, and um, the creeper uses these throwing stars to like pop the tire on the bus. And these people on this bus have no idea what's going on. They don't know that um, an ancient monster is like trying to eat them. You know, until they start putting two and two together, the creeper picks off the adults, and you know it's left with just a bunch of young horny, angsty, wild teenagers that have to, you know, fight this thing. Um, but when they come face to face with it, uh, one of the best scenes in this whole film is when the creeper is kind of like picking who he really, really wants. And the people on the bus kind of realize that that's what it's doing. But uh, he's like, looking at them through like the glass door on the bus and motioning you know them to like each step aside or whether as he's smelling their fear each of their fear and um yeah certain characters get picked and certain characters he didn't give a fuck about um and the only way the people on this bus like realize what's even going on is uh the main girl uh she's like our final girl yeah duh our final girl she has visions um, from Justin Long, and while she's sleeping, that, you know, this thing is, uh, she learns everything about it just from the visions. Not everything, but just, you know, bare bones. 23 years, 23 days, you know, it's going to smell your fear, it's going <laughs> to figure out what pieces it wants to eat from you. So she lets in everyone on the bus of, you know, this is, this is what's going down. And, um, eventually they decide to, like, split up, and, like, some people stay on the bus, some people, like, run away from the fucking bus after a bunch of chaos happens where, like, the creeper cuts a hole in the top of the bus, and then, like, half of his wing is, like, hanging down, and he actually, like, rips, uh, the gay guy. I think it was the gay guy. It was a gay guy. He rips his head off and then consumes his head and replaces his own head after he was stabbed in the head by a, a pike that they had on the bus. Yeah, they had these, like, metal sticks, and, like, they, I don't, I felt like they weren't utilizing those to the best of their ability. Like, this creature is laying on top of their bus. Why don't everyone grab a metal stick and go to town, you know? <laughs> but, you know, once they are away from the bus... Um, they meet, you know, whoever's left and whoever makes it meets up with the, the dad from the beginning and there's a awesome, you know, final face off with the creeper, uh, using his like post puncher harpoon gun 
jerry rig thing that he has on the back of his truck you know him and his son and the fine blonde final girl and a couple of the other you know kids from the bus you know fight this thing and the effects are really cool you know it's they they have some really eerie shots especially when this thing is like has no leg you know it, it eventually loses a leg and an arm and a wing you know and it's just hopping through the the cornfield trying to eat like one of the main jocks <laughs> you know it all culminates to the father from the beginning uh basically stabbing the fuck out of the creeper and um and it's not dying you know they they, they realize there's nothing they can do to this motherfucker it's it's going to go to sleep and it's going to come back in 23 years and yeah what do you do what do you do how do you kill something that you can't kill <laughs> that will always rise again and uh yeah i mean the second film it's atmospheric it has you know a lot of the great the things that made the first film great you know it expanded on it and you know i don't have a lot of negative things to say about the second film you know it's it's cheesy and campy in in a way that i felt that it's supposed to be and you know you could watch jeepers creepers one jeepers creepers two and you're good you probably don't ever need to watch the other two but <laughs> but if you so choose you know there there are four films in this franchise and you know if i had to rank them like truly rank these films um I would say, you know, it goes Jeepers Creepers 1, Jeepers Creepers 2, Jeepers Creepers 3, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. The films get progressively worse, and <laughs> I know there is still, um, you know, I still have my spoiler-free review of Jeepers Creepers Reborn after this, right after this, um, and... You know, I made that, I filmed that right when I got out of the theater. So, you know, I was excited to see him on the big screen, the Creeper, you know. But looking back objectively and after watching all four films, um, you know, it is the worst film <laughs> in the franchise. There's so many things they did wrong. Um, and it ultimately doesn't feel like a Jeepers Creepers movie it feels like almost a parody of a Jeepers Creepers movie. Um, but, you know. Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2 is where it's at, and, you know, when Jeepers Creepers 2 comes to an end, you know, we, we again, you know, get a flash-forward 23 years into the future, and you see the father of the boy that was taken, and he's sitting there uh, waiting for this thing to wake up. And there's like some some kids that get out of a truck and they walk in there and there's a sign up that says bat out of hell, you know, five dollars to look at it, ten bucks to take a picture with it or whatever. And, um, you know, they meet the guy, you know, they'll and they've aged him 23 years and, you know, they're like, oh, is this thing real? And, you know, he's like, yep, I uh, killed it myself about 23 years ago. And. Um. Yeah, and they're looking at him like, you know, you waiting for something? And he's like, yep, you know, uh, any day now, a couple more days or whatever. And uh, it's a great, it's a great way to leave Jeepers Creepers too, you know. 
before the third and the fourth film were ever made, you know, you just always had in your mind imagining what was going to go down, you know, after that thing woke up again. Uh, you know, Trisha Jenner showing up, and I just always imagined Trisha and him, you know, teaming up to kill this thing. Um, but, you know, honestly, you know, maybe they shouldn't have made the other two movies. I don't know. Because, no, because making those two movies, it opens the doorway for then us to, yes, we're going to get probably a fifth one eventually, and it's going to do things better that, you know, Jeepers Creepers Reborn didn't do. Pretty sure Jeepers Creepers Reborn is the beginning of a trilogy. So if there are two more films, Gina Phillips better show up, and the next film better be The Dark Knight of that trilogy. <laughs> you know, I want to see... I want to see some fucking fan service, you know, I want you to put some money and get the real actors, you know, get the real Giselle, get the, <laughs> you know, otherwise don't do it, don't make it, you know, if it's not going to be something the fans of Jeepers Creepers are going to like, and if the OG fans aren't going to like it, why do you think these people who don't even, who didn't watch the other three films are going to like it, you know, these reboots type of situations, you know. I just, you know, a new generation of people who who just see Jeepers Creepers Reborn, I would, it would be just so stupid, you know, because you wouldn't even have the fan service moments, those wouldn't even affect you, and then the film itself wasn't, wasn't solid, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, to conclude, I, I love jeepers creepers you know i love that first film and you know i love the story of this monster and i'm a fan you know it's i personally think the original film is extraordinary it's you know to to be able to scare nine-year-old me to the point to where i had to stop watching it you know that there was not not many films did that you know Friday the 13th, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre even, you know, I was able to sit through those, but something about Jeepers Creepers tapped into my psyche, and, and it, and it really, you know, it did increase my love for a certain type of horror films, like these middle of nowhere, driving in the middle of nowhere, and there's a monster, crazy motherfucking people after you, um, yeah, I, I'm really, glad that I decided to make an episode inspired by Jeepers Creepers, and, uh, yeah, fun fact, you know, when I was collecting movies, DVDs, back when that's what people did, Jeepers Creepers was the very first DVD that I ever owned. I remember for Christmas one year, my mom got me a DVD player, and, um, I had a VH, a v, you know, my VCR and a bunch of Disney movies and VHSs that I like. I didn't have a ton, but, um, yeah, I remember getting a DVD player, and she got me Jeepers Creepers on DVD. <laughs> and, um, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's a very core, this film is, it's, it's attached to a core memory for me, for some reason, you know, a couple core memories, and, um, now it's attached to this podcast, so... <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in my discussion of the original trilogy, 
and uh, stay tuned for the spoiler-free <laughs> review of Jeepers Creepers Reborn, next on X-Radio. So I just got out of Jeepers Creepers Reborn, and I gotta say, it was about as good as I thought it was gonna be. (laughs) Now Jeepers Creepers Reborn was in theaters only for three nights, September 19th, 20th, and 21st. As I'm recording this right now, it is September 19th. And yeah, I just got out of the theater. I was one of the first people to ever see Jeepers Creepers Reborn. And, you know, I liked it more than Jeepers Creepers 3, (laughs) which isn't saying much. (laughs) Jeepers Creepers Reborn uh, basically is a reboot slash sequel, you know, to the Jeepers Creepers trilogy. And first thing we got to talk about is the Creeper. (laughs) Now, the Creeper's role was played by Jonathan Beck for the first three films. And, you know, I thought that he played that role perfectly. Um, And the fact that he was in the all three of those films, you know, it it allowed... uh, good cohesion between the three films even though they're very different and with this film there is a different person playing the creeper now it didn't detract that much from the overall film but it would have been really 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 cool to see Jonathan Beck reprise his role as the creeper Um, I'm assuming this was not a very high budget film So the fact that they didn't get him and the fact that they didn't get, you know, Justin Long (laughs) to come back as a ghost again, you know, I get it. I understand, you know, they had a certain amount of budget and they wanted to use the budget, you know, where where they felt they needed to. And and in certain parts of this film, uh, it had pretty good production value, uh, better than the third one. (laughs) I'm going to talk a lot of shit about Jeepers Creepers 3 in this episode. (laughs) But Jeepers Creepers Reborn is a fun horror film. If you are a fan of the first three films, then you got to see Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Now, uh, the theme of this film uh, had a lot to do with, uh, like, a baby being born. (laughs) Um, And that doesn't really give anything away. Uh, I believe some of the teaser imagery that came out for this film, you know, like a year ago, was like of the creeper's hand pushing like a a stroller or something, you know. So for a while, we've known that, you know, this is basically the dream child of the franchise, (laughs) you know, when Freddy Krueger you know, was trying to have a baby, basically, or, you know, there's always that film in the horror franchise that delves into fatherhood or motherhood or, you know, childhood, Um, and this was that for this franchise. Um, We had some really, really cool shots of the creeper kind of, like, rocking a uh, stroller (laughs) 
cradle type thing. And um, I thought that those scenes were cool. There was a lot of cool scenes in this film. Um, and it... <laughs> It had the the vibe and the feeling of an early 2000s horror film, uh, which is great because this is an early 2000s horror franchise. So even though this film, you know, came out, as well as Jeepers Creepers 3, decade, decade and a half after the original, well, two decades after the original, um, it still maintained that gritty... Uh, nasty looking uh, vibe that we had in early 2000s horror and I do appreciate that now the plot of this film is about a couple who are going off to Horror Hound a horror uh, festival that takes place in Jackson Louisiana now Jackson Louisiana is the town that the creeper has been uh, terrorizing for probably centuries <laughs> and um so we do get a little bit more mythos into the character's history as well as some of uh some abilities that he has and just a little bit more lore about this uh horror icon now there are some complaints i do have about the film <laughs> uh same complaint that I had with the third film. There was a lot of CGI in the film that, you know, and, and I get it. It's a modern horror film. You know, it's the creeper's not going to look like he did in the first two films when he's flying or whatever, just because of the way they, they do CGI these days. Um, it, it wasn't terrible. It was it, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. The CGI shots were pretty cool compared to Jeepers Creepers 3. Um, there was some shots with crows uh, that looked really cool, and the imagery uh, gave, me, gave me some spooky vibes, for sure. Um, the film itself wasn't really that scary. <laughs> At this point in the franchise, we, are, we know a lot about the Creeper. There really isn't too much mystery to him or what he does anymore. Uh, we know he's going to come and eat you and, and <laughs> eat your parts and smell out your fear. <laughs> so it was less about, you know, the mystery of the creeper in this one and more about just the characters trying to get out of the situation that they're in. And so this couple are going to this horror festival and uh, everyone in this festival is kind of obsessed with the creeper. There's a, he's a local legend in Jackson, Louisiana. So, you know, they, they have a little, like, ritual that they do uh, every year regarding the creeper. And um, it has to do with, like, an escape room, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. Um, yeah, I, I had fun with this one. I'm really glad that I got to see it on the big screen. I only saw Jeepers Creepers 2 on the big screen uh, in the drive-in back in the day. Uh, so to be able to see the Creeper up on the big screen again was quite a treat. And I'm glad that I found out about this yesterday. <laughs> like I said, it's only in theaters for three nights. So, you know, I'm glad I caught it while I could. And uh, another complaint I did have with the film is uh, there was a little disconnection or confusion on my part regarding the uh, 
one of the characters, I, I believe they brought back a legacy character to the film, and I'm not going to spoil it, but they said a character's name who was a character who had been in a previous Jeepers Creepers film, and it was not the same actress. If they would have got the same actress, it would have been incredible, but again, I understand, you know, budget reasons. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it was a little confusing. I was like, is that the same character from Jeepers Creepers? Or is that, you know, just someone who has the same name, maybe her daughter, because it's been 23 years, it might be, you know, her daughter. Uh, anyway, uh, they were, they were definitely going for some kind of legacy character callback in that moment, which was cool. And there was one point where I think there was like a voodoo doll that had the same outfit Justin Long had in the first film, <laughs> the yellow t-shirt and the jeans. Uh, there was a lot of callbacks to things uh, that we discover in the past films about the Creeper, and, you know, it's not a Jeepers Creepers film without the classic Jeepers Creepers song on the phonograph, and this film had a lot of that. <laughs> It had a lot of things that I like, and it probably had more that I liked than I disliked. But overall, you know, it was not not the greatest film I had ever seen in my life. But going into this film, I expected that. <laughs> I, I, I figured it was just going to be a, uh, an homage to the fans of this classic horror icon that now has his own franchise with four films. <laughs> Um, I do believe that this film, Jeepers Creepers Reborn, is the beginning of a new trilogy. Yeah, so um, stay tuned and keep a lookout for Jeepers Creepers 5, which probably will come out next year. <laughs> um, they did leave Jeepers Creepers Reborn with a, uh interesting little cliffhanger. <laughs> um, I would have ended the film differently you know if I was making the film there were some things that I would do different about how it ended um but maybe they're saving certain things for the sequel uh Jeepers Creepers 5 <laughs> so um I hope you enjoyed this spoiler free review of Jeepers Creepers Reborn and um hopefully you got to see it in theaters while it was in theaters for only three nights <laughs> anyway um yeah Where'd you get those peepers? Hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it weren't for the apps Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, my podcast would not be possible if it weren't for all of the other incredible podcasts that I've become addicted to. Because of all of the incredible podcasts that are available to us, it has inspired me to create my own. And... I'm grateful that you're listening. So make sure you check out other podcasts also. Today I want to talk to you about violating community guidelines. This podcast is hosted by Sarah Schauer and Brittany Broski, two individuals who take on the internet and all of the oddities and obscurities that come with it. They are hilarious and I never miss an episode of violating community guidelines. Available everywhere podcasts are available. And again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If this was the first podcast you ever listened to, I am honored. X-Ray 
Radio. This episode of X Radio is not sponsored by any product, service, or podcast advertised in this episode. Everything I advertise is strictly because I love it, and I really want you to know about it. Oh! 